Sorry, do you do you guys drink every episode? No, no. I just... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode number 108. My name is CJ Schrader, and with me, as always, my two merry co-hosts. First off, we have Just Dunks. Merry Christmas. And Brian Brillman. Ho, ho, ho. Cool. Yeah, bowl full of jelly and all that. <laughs> uh, we have a uh, special guest on, Joe Hugho, I believe is his name, <laughs> from Parts Unknown. Hey, Joe. Hello. Yeah, I'm from Massachusetts. <clears throat> you know that, though. I didn't. Oh. I honestly did not. <laughs> well, it's, it's all of New England. It's just you, one big thing. Will you correct CJ on, on how to pronounce your name there? Oh, just no, so no, everybody no. who's listening knows. <laughs> no. So my, my no. last name's actually Hudo, but... Uh, that doesn't yeah. make sense. That's not what your... Your name tag doesn't even have a T in it. It does now. Oh. So, yeah. Is that where that thing. joke came from? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know where that came from. Yeah. I, I knew it existed. I just didn't know that was why. Okay. <laughs> yeah, his name tag just said Huggo. Mm-hmm. Or Huo. <laughs> I don't know. And, and I actually really dislike hugs, so it was extra fun. <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, welcome on, Joe, again. <laughs> uh, so this episode is going to be pretty informal, particularly since it's coming out um, either Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Uh, yet another episode in a long line to listen to with your family. Uh, Brian <laughs> Brian summarized this one as fireside chats. So I think everyone's going to get a nice little sample of what goes on before and after the show. But we, um, except for one thing that we'll start off with, don't look for too much educational in this episode. I think we will get uh, some caught up in some emails, but don't look for too much. But first, uh, there is one education thing that we do need to touch on. Yes, let's do that. Um, that's. The change to the the morph uh, rules. Well, mm. uh, it, we call it the morph rule, but it's not really the morph rule. Uh, it's the the GRV upgrade for um, failure for, to for, reveal, for not revealing a card that the game required you to veal, reveal to make sure that something is legal. Um, <clears throat> so there's there is that. Um, yeah. And so, what, so what exactly the, changed there? So the short the short summary the 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 executive summary is as of. Two weeks ago, because, you know, we're recording after this has been done, uh, failing to reveal your morph is now a warning, okay? So playing playing a non-morph uh, as a morph, unless it's caught almost immediately, is going to stay a game loss. But the end of the game, scoop up your stuff, that is uh, where you don't reveal the morph, that is a warning. If it gets bounced to your hand... That's a warning. Uh, do we want to go into the the whys and the hows and all that good? St- I mean, it's really pretty straightforward. Um, the The problem we were having yeah, there there is potential for abuse here, but by playing a non morph card as though it was a morph card, but that potential is particularly low as you get a, a less than powerful two two that you're never going to turn face up, uh, and the opportunity to get caught is rather high when your opponent stops you and says, "Hey, turn that face up. What is that?" At the end of the game, or it just dies, or it dies, and, and you're to just, the graveyard. And you, yeah, and you go, "Well, I'm just going to put my island." in the graveyard right. like it was nothing right right and so yeah um so it's a the change was because there was a lot of people trying to play gotcha with this trying to you know cast force away to try and get their opponent to not reveal it when they put the more card back in their hand and and stuff like or that just, or just uh-huh. scoot and say like ah oh, you got me extend their hand and then try and small talk to distract their opponent so their opponent just scoops their stuff up and then be like boop judge right he didn't reveal his morph right and so the uh, the the change 
is the, the reason that this didn't change, first of all, is it was this was a very toxic situation for uh, events, as was mentioned by a few people um, that were talking about this. But um, the, the reason this didn't change before is because there wasn't a morph rule. This affected more than just morph cards. So they had to figure out a way to take care of the morph problem and leave the rest of the policy intact. Which now has more or less been done. Um, yeah, there, there isn't, there isn't a morph rule. The the clause involves you, the player, taking an action that the opponent is unable to verify is correct. If you think about it, everything in Magic you are doing, uh, your opponent gets to see and confirm that what you're doing is correct. Uh, with the exception of really, with the exception of of uh, playing a morph. A non-morph card face down. It's really the only the only thing that either the rule. I mean, actually, even the that's the only thing that the rules on the card don't give the opponent the opportunity to see that what you're doing is correct. Like when you search for a card, uh, you know, search for a, uh, a land card and put it in your hand, it always says reveal it. Okay, so for the more pedantic listeners, <laughs> oh, did I, did um, I screw up some terminology? Said, no, you didn't screw up any terminology. But you said that the morph was the only thing that does that. That's not quite accurate. There are a very Uh-oh. few corner cases where this can occur. We're aware of that. Most of them involve <laughs> Sylvan Library. Uh, but uh, when Sylvan Library on me, that's that's but, cheating. But, but the, we know there are things. So don't write in with the "What you were wrong. We found a thing." We know there are other things. But this is almost always more. So th- this is the interesting thing about like Demonic Tutor and Vampire Tutor is because you don't have to reveal what it is. Yeah. Uh, whereas like the other ones you do because you have to verify legality. Right. Just, right. Right. It's just fun. It's built into the rules. Yeah. So so one of the things that that lets us get away with this is is at the end of the games, we'll, we'll talk specifically at the end of the game, the opponent, the the loser, for lack of a better word, actually kind of controls the pace, of the, the, the pace of the very end of the game. If you think about it, I'm attacking Jess, and I swing, and Jess is going to take lethal. Well, he's going to say, like, you got me, or all right, or he's going to start scooping things up. Basically, he's going to acknowledge... I killed him. I'm not just going to attack and start immediately scooping my things up. Yeah, you don't go, Gen- you're at three? Okay, lightning bolt and scoop up my cards. It doesn't go that way. Bolt, you scoop. No. Um, <laughs> so so you, the opponent, the loser, Jess in this case, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> gets to say, uh, gets to say, all right, you got me. Let me see them morphs. Um, also, uh, same thing if they bounce your stuff. Uh, they get to, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bounce your guy. Uh, let me see what it is before you put it in your hand. Um, there is still, you know, there's still the possibility of cheat. So if I bounce my own morph and quickly put it into my hand, well, that's going to be an investigation, right? Because why did that happen? Why'd you do that? Um, so basically all of that. Okay. Yeah, I think we pretty much covered that. Like it's, it's very, very straightforward. Uh, if somebody says... They, my opponent didn't reveal their morph. Uh, you ask a few basic questions, uh, and then you give them a warning and if they aren't cheating. It's very it, straightforward. It, it turns out that this greatly reduces the number of judge calls that we get. So right. this, this happened the Friday, uh, like, during GP Baltimore. Uh, and R- R- Ricky Hayashi was the scorekeeper, and he made a post online somewhere. And I forget the exact number, but I think it was there were three warnings given out for failure to reveal a morph that tournament uh whereas if it was a normal tournament where it was a game loss you know there would have been tons and tons and tons of them yeah because nobody calls a judge at the end once the game is over for this which is another which is an unfortunate thing on its own uh but but it's also good because judges can't be everywhere at once so it helps the flow of the tournament i think it also demonstrates that people were you know maybe abusing it a bit well they're just paying a lot more attention when the incentive is there to catch your opponent which 
you know, we weren't creating an incentive to not cheat. We were creating an incentive to play gotcha with your opponents. Right. And that's not what we want to be doing. And part of the reason that, so a question, the last thing I want to say about this, a question that I've gotten a lot is, um, um, why is this happening more now than it was during, say, Onslaught block? Um, and, and I think there are two answers to this. And the first one is I think the morph cards are better. Like more people are playing morph and limited. Right. Uh, and the second one is the morph cards that you did play in Onslaught block and limited, we were way more likely to have turned face up by the time the game was over. Uh, I, I also think a large part of it is twofold. There's a lot more players. Yeah. Um, so just if you, if you say like, uh, this happens in 1% of all games and there's, you know, a million games as opposed to a hundred thousand games. Well, that's going to be, you know, it's going to be occur 10 times more. And with social media, not only does it happen more often total, there's so many more outlets to complain about it. Yeah. I mean, back in the day when Onslaught was the new set, we're working around the first time, the entirety of Magic coverage was Sideboard Magazine. I've never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know about Sideboard Magazine? I used to read Sideboard. I'd go to the store and get Sideboard Magazine. This was way before I became uh-huh. a judge. And, uh, and and would read Sideboard Magazine or read about the pro players that played in, in professional events. It was like a monthly thing that Watsi put out. Um, yes. There, there was no there was no thousand thousand reply Twitter rants. Right. And and and, you know, 300 reply Facebook posts and stuff like that or Reddit threads and all that nonsense. <laughs> oh, I should mention because this is a Christmas episode, we're breaking of I'll say a, an informal rule here at Judge Cast and we're allowing a little bit of Christmas cheer. <laughs> what? What? We have a rule where we don't allow cheer? I said I said informal yeah. rule. I don't What's think we have a rule that says we don't allow cheer. I think you're just you're, you're uh you euphemism I'm using is bad. Cheer. All right. Oh my my <laughs> euphemism is bad. Uh Drinks. How about that? Let's just say that. He won't be driving after this podcast, so that's what we're saying. A little bit of Christmas cheer. (laughs) Okay, I'm on board. Yeah, all right. All right, so let's get into fireside chats. Yeah, you know, because it's it's cold in most parts of the United States. Uh, Here in Florida, I think it's 70. I've got got the AC on. It's been like, it's been raining for like two or three days, so it's like, it's like... 60, 50 something. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> everybody from back home, originally from Montana, everybody from back home is probably just like, oh, God, the high was 31 today. What are you talking about? Yeah. So, so you know, it's just think there. You're sitting by the, the Christmas tree. You got the little lights. You got the fireplace going, a little crackle of logs. You know, so, so, sitting. So, no one that's here right now actually has a fireplace in their house, right? I have a fireplace. Oh. Is it? Is, is there a fire in it? You also, no. you also have a Borg alcove. I do. I have a picture of me. He has a, a picture of a, a Borg alcove. He also has a picture of him on the the bridge of the the Enterprise D, and uh, which is completely incongruent with the the noise that happens when you walk into your bathroom. So hey, that, listen. <laughs> hey, okay. No, no. So, this, so, is, this is what this episode is now. Um, so, so, Joe, just so you know, when you walk into his bathroom, if he doesn't warn you, it takes you by complete surprise. When you walk into his bathroom, you hear, like, the door opening sound from the original series of Star Trek. No way. <laughs> That's the best. When you flush, do you hear a phaser no, or a teleporter? The but the but problem... it scares the, sh- the crap out of you. <laughs> It scares the crap out of you when when the first time it happens, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, I forgot to warn you about that." I'm like, "Well, I'm glad I didn't have to go real bad." 
So yeah. my wife got me that where the the room already had, I think, some some decoration from like Next Generation. And and she doesn't know. She didn't know that that was original series. So I've never had the heart to tell her that like like the noise is wrong, that the, the design <laughs> of the thing is wrong. Um, I'm glad you haven't told her. That's that's a sign of wisdom. Right yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a reason it's in your bathroom and not like a normal room in your house? Because it doesn't match the Mario theme in his living room. Yes. I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, there, there's, I don't think CJ's ever talked about his house on, on the show, which is why when I showed up the first time some weeks ago we recorded and I was actually at his house. I think it was, uh, was the weekend I was at Dragon Con or no, it wasn't. It was, um, yeah, it was some Dragon other Con. Weekend. Was it Dragon Con? Yeah. Anyway, so, um, uh, anyway, so I show up and I'm just like, man, your house is like the decorations in your house are awesome. And I never knew that because I'd never been there. And he's got like giant life size, like Mario level stuff on the wall in his living room. Uh, <laughs> it's so cool. I think you you related it to uh, a TGI Friday. So to be honest, no, I definitely did because I because I've never been to a TGI Fridays or a Ruby Tuesday. I don't know. No, uh, I have been to a Ruby Tuesday. I don't think I, I don't think maybe you think somebody else said something like that. I don't think I related it to a restaurant. <laughs> so is there going to be an episode of Judge Cast that's like Judge Cast Cribs? We're just going to show off CJ's house? I uh, yeah, we can. I we mean, could. I mean, we could show off my my apartment is pretty sweet in just that it's got so much ridiculous amounts of magic crap. Yeah, um, it's like most judges' apartments. Um, I mean, yeah. I would say I probably have more sealed boxes than you do. That's probably correct. I probably also have more singles than you do. I, I appreciate that you almost swore earlier because this is very post-show. And and I, I think yeah, you, no, al- it is. you almost forgot. <laughs> right. Uh, Which just gives just... you an idea. Like, we just, this is what we do before and after the show. We just sit around and talk about whatever. And, uh, yeah. Right. So, since this, episode, right since this episode is judge stories, okay, yes. and the idea the idea is us us telling some of our favorite our favorite stories uh, from across the the eons or the epic epics of which we have judged. Oh, the idea wasn't to just talk about my house. Well, I mean, I mean he didn't even talk about the six foot Hanson poster behind can, the uh, bookshelf. Well, can I? I, I have. That <laughs> I can, can I tell the creepy doll story? Please do. All right. Also involving my house. <laughs> also involving. So um, there was an event in uh, Atlanta that uh, several judges from Florida went up to. Uh, I was not one of them. Uh, uh, but uh, amongst them was a judge named Matt Noonan, who was sleeping on the couch in CJ's house. Uh, a few of the judges that were there discovered that CJ had a very large collection of of Victorian era dolls. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I, you can't act like I just collect them. I had them for what? a reason. No, no, no. He I, I was getting to collect the... them. All right. <laughs> he also plays with them. Okay. Do you want to? <laughs> why, why did you? Why did you have these At dolls? My wedding was a Halloween themed wedding, and one of the rooms was decorated as a creepy doll room. So I had to buy a bunch of creepy dolls off of Craigslist, and I felt like a real creep. Because I'd go to people's houses and they'd be like, oh, are these for your daughter or something? And I'd be like, no. Nope. <laughs> Did you turn any dolls down? For my no. So so anyway, uh, that night while Matt Noonan was sleeping on the couch, the other guys got all the creepy dolls out of the box and just set them up on the coffee table right by the sofa. So that when Matt woke up, the very first thing he saw were all these dolls. Okay. Uh, he freaked out a little bit, and then for the rest of the weekend, they proceeded to hide dolls 
wherever Matt Noonan went. Oh, I heard about yeah. this. Hey, yeah. Well, hold on, because it also happened later. So it'd be like, hey, Matt, can you go get something out of the trunk of the car? Matt would go to the trunk of the car, <laughs> open it up, and there's a doll. It's like, hey, can you get go, go, go over and get something by the scorekeeper? He'd go over by the scorekeeper. He'd open it up, or he'd go over there. There's a doll. And so it was a joke. Then, I guess like months later, CJ's got a, 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 a post up on Craigslist, please buy my dolls for $80. And he's got a picture of them. And they're not moving. No. Uh, and then suddenly, uh, I'm the judge manager for GP Atlanta, and this was this was two three years ago. And we're just kind of talking, and I think that it would be a brilliant idea to buy all of his dolls and hide them all over the GP. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, I then start to bargain with CJ. He won't come down from eighty dollars because he already posted it at one twenty, and he came down. So I'm driving a hard bargain. I get him for sixty. He agrees on the condition that at the end of the GP he does not take them back. Yeah. So I have to leave with zero dolls. So uh, the Friday, uh, the I think the Thursday uh, before the GP, uh, CJ delivers the dolls in, and it's I don't know how many would you say it was like it was like four large boxes. Yeah, I think I think I had about seventy dolls. So we take them up. I'm staying with Jeff Williams on the top floor. <laughs> Okay, and some people are staying with us. The next morning, when we decide to take the dolls down, we're on like the 21st floor of this hotel. And so uh, Michael Fortino and I, we have these big boxes of dolls, and we get in the elevator and we push the down button, and we stop on no less than 10 floors with these giant dolls, (laughs) dolls just basically spilling out of these boxes. And people come in and they just look at us with the dolls, and we're like, uh, uh... We lost a bet. I think I, I think I think I told one of them that it was a lifestyle choice. Leave me alone. Uh, just just you know, just telling them whatever when we get these funny looks. And so we get them and we proceed to hide them around the GP. Uh, some people, uh, 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 Matt Noonan's roommate, uh, grabs a bunch of the dolls and takes them up to his room and hides them all over his room. Uh, they're, they're under the stage of the GP. They're behind the scorekeepers. We gave them to some of the team leads to give to judges that did well. Uh, you know, it's like, what? Oh, you did well. Here's a doll. Um, and so, uh, uh, there was, there was something at, oh, yes. I remember the, the big, one of the, one of the big funny things is it's, uh, it's Sunday. Matt Noonan is, is at a table. He is table judging a match. And uh, he's watching them very, very intently. And I come up, I'm, 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 you know, out of shirt. I come up with one of the dolls, and I set one of the dolls like right by his head while he's watching, while he's, while his head's turned in the other direction, watching the match. And then I go, "Hey, Matt!" And then he turns and he comes face to face with the doll, and he let out a shriek. <sighs> uh, I remember, I remember you originally wanted to put one on like every table. <laughs> I and did. the judge manager was like, nah. Well, I was the judge manager. Right. I, I decided not to did do some that. Some of those end up in the kit that like travel around. Yes. That's what I heard. Yeah, yes. So so what happened was at the very, very end, after John Aldifer had closed up the kit, I opened the kit back up. And for those of you that okay. don't know, the GP kit is a is a traveling, giant traveling case that fits on a pallet that has a lot of the GP stuff in it, like table numbers and whatnot. 
Yes. It travels from GP so, to GP. And for those of you so, that don't know, John Oliver is a traveling judge that travels from GP to GP. Pretty much. He's like he's like the kit guru. Like yeah. everything about this, what's in this kit, what should be in this kit, what needs to go in it before he gets sealed up. He knows all of it. He's like an expert. So there's Anyways. a very common joke that he actually travels in the kit and sleeps there's, there. There is a spot for him. Yes. Yeah. So the kits are all been closed up. I oh no there there was a com- there was a conversation I had uh since I was I was talking to I was talking to some of the Watsi guys and and I asked the question hey if I put a doll in the kit um can you make sure that it stays in the kit so it can go to the next GP and they said no ha. so no they can't make sure or no they don't want you to I, do that no they did not want me to do that. Ah. So at the end of the GP, after Aldifer's closed the kit up, I open the kit back up, open the box that the the, the trophy normally goes in, because when the, when the kit goes back to to Watsi, you know they restock it, and one of the things that they put in it is the is the trophy for the for the next GP. So I open up the drawer that the trophy goes in, and I stick a doll in it, and I close the drawer, close the kit, it goes back. We hear nothing. It does not. The doll does not make it to the next gp that the kit was supposed to go to because i'm tracking it and i'm talking to aldifer because aldifer can identify the the kits based on the dents and dings on (laughs) like which kit goes where um no doll in the kit no doll in the kit six months later there's a pro tour and they have a different kit for the pro tour and they open it up and what's in the kit creepy doll (laughs) man that doll that doll went the distance yes that is that is that's a good setup for a nice delayed joke. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. No. So that's my that's one of my stories. I didn't know so many stories would be a start at my house. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, your house is pretty sweet. You've got the you've got the cats and the decorations. Yeah. I'm sure the listeners know about the cats. <laughs> They've heard them if they haven't heard us talk about them. I mean, I think we've probably talked about them more than we've actually heard them on the show. Yeah, I'm being stared at by one at all times. Um, so yeah, CJ's cats. I, I kind of want a cat, but I kind of don't. Um, just like I go through this phase where I'm like, I want to have a pet, but then I realize that pets require work. Yeah, they do. Um, not and, cats, though. Cats are great. You don't have, I mean, I, have to do anything. Uh, I a, yeah, I don't think that's true. That's not true. I had, uh, I had a dog for a while, and uh, that was really bad because like trying to travel to events while you own a dog is awful. Yeah, I, I don't know how people could do it. Um, uh, and I mean, Brian has a dog too, so I know he's got that problem. How do you do it, Brian? I think he stepped away and hoped I was just going to keep talking. <laughs> no, I'm here. Uh, so, okay, so here's how here's how I deal with my dog. Um, I have there are some there are two high school girls that live about five doors down, and if I'm just going to be away for you know like a day and a half, then I'll just pay them to come and walk uh, walk the dog a few times. Uh, if I'm going to be gone over a long weekend, uh, what I do is so the ex-wife and I. Uh, uh, in the divorce, uh, she got one of the dogs. I got the other. Uh, so we kind of, for lack of a better word, when she goes out of town, I watch her dog. And when she, when I go out of town, she watches my dog or when I go out of town, she watches my dog. So it works out well. Someone is able to, to, to keep, to keep an eye on the old man. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big, that's a, that's a big thing. I mean, cats definitely tend to be, I guess, judges tend to gravitate towards them because you can leave them alone for two days i want to get like i want to get a reptile um children are also a little more difficult uh you gotta hire you gotta <laughs> as, have somebody watch as them pets too. go yes <laughs> yes as, as pets uh, go children, children are probably most difficult. um on the plus the, on the positive end of that you can eventually teach them how to play magic 
Uh, yeah, it'll be like hard to. It's gonna be hard. To they also they also learn how to unhook the little lock on the cage if you crate train them <laughs> after they get to be a certain age. <laughs> you, have, you, have, you have some experience with that. <laughs> well, I mean, is is like uh uh you know child services listening? Because if so, no, no, I <laughs> whatsoever with that. So here's the question, Brad: How old were you when you figured out how to how to change the lock? Uh, I still have the lock. Out of my head, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, does this? Do I turn the key to the right or the left? I don't understand this thing. There's two deadbolts. They both gotta be in the off. It's too complicated. I'll just stay home and play Batman. So, oh, which Batman are you playing? Yes, yes. Arkham City. Target had Arkham City on for uh, sale for five dollars. Yeah, Arkham City, uh, sweet. So I bought that. Ar- uh, Arkham, yeah. Arkham City is Ar- good. So you haven't played Arkham Origins yet? No. Okay. I'm working my way through the Arkham. Yeah, Arkham, Arkham City is like all of them are good. Uh, I think Arkham City is probably a little better than Origins. Um, but, and there's wait. supposed to be another one coming out too. What kind of what kind of reptile are you looking at? Oh, uh, I don't know, but yeah. like I kind of want to get a pet. Um, I've I've uh, my uncle. I lived with my uncle for a while. And he had a snake, and that was cool. But um, I probably want something with legs. I used to have uh, rats. So yeah, if you got a snake, we would be at odds. Well, so the thing about about reptiles, the many kinds of reptiles, and I would want one that fits this, this criteria, is that you don't have to like you can prepare to go away and and uh, and you can leave and come back and you know after several days and their reptile would be fine, especially with snakes because they don't have to eat every day necessarily. So, um, but anyway, so speaking of going on trips. Um, I went to GP Nashville some weeks ago, and I have a funny story about that. Tell it. Um, so I decided to go kind of last second, um, and so I ended up getting getting some uh, getting hotel reservations last second. Except I didn't actually get hotel reservations. I let another judge uh, be in charge of that, and I don't think I'm going to call him oh, out. Never do that. Um, so never let another judge take care of the rooms. So I talked to this other judge and he's like, yeah, okay. It's, uh, it's, he goes, it's not the cheapest thing, but I got the one, you know, it didn't have bars on the windows or anything. I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. You know, you you didn't get the, the bottom rung hotel. I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. So we, we get to Nashville, we get to our hotel. It isn't like the shadiest part of Nashville. It is. So, so when he met, when he said, I didn't get the one with the bars on the windows, he meant I got the very next step above that one. And so, oh, <laughs> So we get into this hotel, we, like, we're pretty sure we're going to die. Uh, we look over, and we get into the room, and this judge looks at me, and he goes, so at the hotel next to ours, there was some the, there was some unsavory characters there. Did you see that? And, uh, you know, there were, there were drug deals and stuff going on. And, and I'm like, no, I didn't see that. I am never letting you pick the hotels again. He goes, no, 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 no. See, I picked the one that doesn't have the drug dealers. Did- oh. So I'm like, I, oh, okay. It's just next door, man. Yeah. It's not like you can't just, they, that road that they got across. It's like an invisible barrier. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, uh, on the one hand, it was really cheap. Uh, we had to have fun, <laughs> but I thought I was going to die. Uh, it was it was interesting. So, so I, I also talked to this judge about that hotel. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I book my own hotels because I don't like to be in that situation. Um, yeah, I usually do, but this was kind of last second. So uh, I, I forget the the story that he told me, but was was this the hotel that that had uh, bullet holes, or was that the previous one that he was in? Uh, we did not have bullet holes. Yeah, okay. I think these are two different hotels. Jess, was this judge British? 
No. Yeah, we're no. talking about two different people, Joe, I think. No, we're not. Oh. 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 <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know exactly who he's talking about. Um, but yeah, so when he said that he doesn't stay at the, the one with the bars and the windows anymore. Um, <laughs> anymore. That's, anymore. That's because the last one he went to apparently had bullet holes, like, in the windows. Not, uh, probably not in his room, but probably in other rooms. Yeah, he was... So. Uh, he told me afterwards, he's like, I'm I'm not good at picking hotel rooms. If we stay together again, you should just pick the hotel rooms. <laughs> like, all right, good to know. Uh, we had a good time, though. I, I And that's why I'm not calling him out, because we, we had a good time. He's a good guy. So well, it, it makes a good story, too. It is. And if I uh, told the story in person, I'd probably totally call him out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I, so Nashville was weird because, uh, you know, there's the, the little strip down there that has all the music and stuff on it. Yeah. Um, so so after everyone was done with their shift, you know, they go off and do whatever. Like, I know that a bunch of judges went to go see live music because that's what you do. But apparently on Sunday, a large portion of the judge staff in little chunks went off to, you know, buy cowboy boots. Uh, <laughs> what? No, this was a thing that happened. I wasn't there, part of it, but I know there were judges that did this. Yeah, there, there was a store apparently that had buy one, get two free. So people would go in groups of, you know, multiples of three. Buy one uh, boot? Oh, so, buy one pair and get two pairs of boots yeah. free. Oh, yeah, no, yes, no. buy one boot, get <laughs> two, two boots yeah, you, free. You only get three boots total. So <laughs> and, they're, and they're all left foot. <laughs> For some odd reason. So I, I went to uh, to we, we tried to find this store uh, and not, none of this is a bad story. So I can I guess I can tell you that it was uh, CJ Crooks, uh, Yoni Kamensky and Raven Fox that were with me. Like I, I, think, heard, I think I heard the same story from CJ Crooks. So uh, we we walked into this first place and, you know, there's lots of, you know, boot shops because that's what that's what you do. Um, and it looked very fancy. So so CJ walks in and, you know, asks the man. Hey, so we uh we, we heard that somewhere down here is a deal of you know buy one get two free and you know this this guy's a salesman he's like yeah that's that's not our shop you know we use real leather and trying to completely malign the other stores uh and CJ just having none of it he doesn't want to to hear his sales pitch he just he's like okay so where's that other store then he's like well I, <laughs> I, I don't know the name of it oh you don't know where it is no but but we do have these like oh okay. Uh, which direction is it? Like interrupting this guy as he's talking. Uh-huh. I, can, I can imagine CJ doing it. Like I'm hearing his tone and I'm seeing him nod his head with a big smile on his face as he's saying yep, it. That's, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> he's there for boots. So the Yoni Raven and I aren't as uh, forward, I guess, as CJ is. Uh, so He does, does the exact same thing if you start to explain GRV. <laughs> Uh, partial fixes incorrectly. <laughs> the exact same tone. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think he just waits until you're done so he can stop. He does uh, do that. <laughs> now, you... <laughs> Once Brian did the uh, the impression, I was like, "Yeah, wait, he's done that to me." <laughs> so, so the the guy said, you know, it's you know down here to the left or whatever. Uh, so so Cedar just walks out, and uh, y- Yoni's a little nicer, so he continues talking to the guy, uh, trying to not you completely shut him down. And then, you know, we, we leave, we have to go find CJ. And then we see him, like, maybe a block down. And he wasn't pleased at all, because apparently the guy was lying about which direction it was. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I should have known that he would have given me the wrong direction, so I couldn't find it. And he was all sorts of pissed off. It was great. Uh, but then we, we walked in into this place, uh, and we found it. It had lots and lots of big signs, you know, uh, buy one pair, get two free. Uh, we probably spent half an hour in there, so this was, you know, like, on our on our break. And people are very particular about boots, apparently. Uh, we You know, they had to find the, the right amount of shiny and the right amount of, I don't know, not gaudy. Did, did you guys actually want boots, or did you just really want a good deal on boots it's a sale man <laughs> so so when you say you guys like notice that there are four of us uh i just went because i knew this would be hilarious but 
I have no reason to ever wear boots. Right, me neither. But apparently the three of them really wanted something. Like the people that, that wanted boots, because like we're in Nashville, we got to get boots. Like, yeah, I that's guess what it was a touristy like. thing. But, but it still ends up being like $80 per person. Like, it's, right. not, it's not cheap. How much good is one are, pair of good, boots? Good, good well, cowboy boots and are not three, cheap. Three, three times that. It's real leather, man. Three, leather. three times that. Thanks, they Joe. Even, they don't use real leather. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they have leather toppers or whatever. I don't know. Uh, and then the, the, the pair that CJ found, you know, they, he has weird feet. So he found one that, you know, fit his feet properly. And the, there was a scuff on it. And the, the lady's like, oh, that's not a scuff. It's just, you know, stress from when it bends. He's like, oh, is it really? And was <laughs> <laughs> being very, being very CJ about it again. It, it was wonderful. He got them to, you know, buff it out for him. Oh. It was it was so much fun. Well, yeah, I mean, they're probably trying to get rid of all their like crappy boots no one wants. Well, I, I think all of them are crappy boots that no one wants. That's the whole point. But you know, they buy them for ten dollars and sell them for effectively eighty. So yeah, that's true. Um, for sure. I, I actually was in the mall the other day, and they during this time of year there are lots of little kiosks that pop up all over in the mall. And uh, this guy tries to stop me, so I'm trying to. My hands are full of stuff that I've got because I bought gifts for people. And uh, I'm trying to walk out of the mall, and this guy stops me and goes, Hey, sir, can I ask you a question? I went, Not if you're trying to sell me something. (laughs) (laughs) And he just looks at me like, There's this pause. I, I was, I I don't have a pre kind response. He's like, like, Well, um, so are you Christmas shopping? I'm like, Well, are you trying to sell me something? (laughs) Because that's a question. Oh, uh, and, and he's like, well, I have this this thing. I'm like, well, why don't I? I don't want to waste your time. I'm not going to buy whatever it is you're trying to sell me. I don't even want to know. No, but it could be anything. Exactly. It's boots. Uh, it's boots. Three for one. I guarantee it's something I didn't know I wanted 30 seconds ago. <laughs> so I don't need to know. <laughs> well, but if you don't know that you want it, he has to tell you about it first. Right. And then now you know that you want it. Right. This is this is why like this is why like I don't visit certain websites like ThinkGeek or whatever because they have stuff that I go, man, I didn't know I wanted that, and then I buy stuff like Han Solo in carbonite ice cubes. Like those are cool. Like I have I have my license plate cover says um says like a leaf on the wind. Uh oh the uh the firefly firefly reference yeah yeah uh so I got nerd cred. I mean, if like you know what Firefly is, I don't. Does anybody not know what Firefly is at this point? I know the people that haven't watched it because they don't like it, but does anybody not know what Firefly is at this point? I don't think anyone in the world does now. Well, yeah, there's, there's there's people not in nerd culture. Come on now. Uh, yeah, but I I don't know. So like, speaking of shows by Joss Whedon, um, I've <laughs> nice segue. Now I'll talk about um, one that isn't by Joss Whedon. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Is that what you're about to do? No, no. I was actually going to say I was I was going to talk about uh, Agents of Shield. Oh, okay. Uh, which okay. which I just watched the entire first season of in like the last three days. Man, um, uh, I uh, second half is much better than the that's, first half. That's what I hear of the first season. Yeah, I like, I agree with that. Yeah, yes. I fell yeah. out of the show, and and I almost never fall out of any show, no matter how much I dislike it. I mean, I I rode heroes all the way through. I, oh, I I was Hero, not the first, season, the first season of Heroes is amazing. The first season of Heroes is really good. I really like the last season of Heroes. And, and then and you just there was some middle that got weird. Yeah, the fourth, the, the last season was kind of like, eh, it was not bad. Okay. It, so Shield. Oh, Shield. anyway, 
um, I kind of so I like it, but I feel like, like given the style, given the the, the airship that they're in, because it's really an airship, it's not a plane. Um, it like it feels very much like they're just trying to redo Firefly. Oh, universe. when I first watched like the very first episode, and they're in the cargo hold of that it looks, ship, it looks like Serenity, doesn't I it? I thought they reused the ship. I really went and looked for pictures of Serenity because I thought it was. So- so here's the question, though: Is that a bad thing? No, no, it's not a bad thing at all. No, I, I think it's just um, I think it's because because like Star, Star Wars Rebels, uh, that that animated cartoon thing that they got on the Disney Channel, they're trying to do kind of a, a Firefly thing with that also. And I mean, it. The only, I love it. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I'll the, eat it up. Yeah, the only thing bad. I like about Agents of Shield, as I understand it, Joss Whedon's not as involved as he was with Firefly. Um, it might have something to do with the fact that he's making movies. Um. But uh, like they didn't have as much of the 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 Whedon dialogue. You know what I'm talking about? If you're if you're familiar with Firefly or Buffy or any of that, like the way they talk is always weird. Um, they didn't have as much of that. Yeah, and that that may be sad. But anyway, so anyway. kind of nowhere. <laughs> so yeah. I, I I've never been like super fan of Joss Whedon. I really like Doctor Horrible's sing along blog. But that was really my introduction to Joss Whedon as well. Like, I didn't watch okay. Buffy or anything before that. I, I only caught up to these things after the fact. So I've never been, like, you know, super fan or anything. But uh, My introduction to Joss Whedon was actually Firefly. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then there was Dr. Horrible Singalong Blog, which I watched as it came out. I, um, yeah, I watched it. And then I, I, I recorded all the audio and put that on a CD so I could listen to it on trips to my parents' house. Like, I really enjoyed Dr. Yeah. Horrible Singalong Blog. Yeah, I I bought the soundtrack, you pirate. No, well, <laughs> this wasn't the soundtrack. This was all the audio of the show. Oh, okay. It was 40 minutes long. I did all of the songs of the uh, the, the singing episode of Buffy. Nerd. Uh, oh, hey, I, I, love nerd. That. I love that episode. And then there's the episode where they have a flashback to that episode, and that scene is a musical. It's great. Nerd. It's, um, you have a Borg alcove in your bathroom. It's not a Borg alcove. You plug into your Sorry, toilet. There's a picture of himself in a Borg alcove in his bathroom. I don't. This, that's not the way I'm telling this story. You haven't been in my house. <laughs> right. Hold on. His, show, his shower has the little green thing over top of it. He calls the toilet his regeneration chamber. He's not even a shower in there. You have not been to my house. <laughs> he there's a little like, there's a, he didn't there, he had a little defensive CJ. <laughs> there's a there's a little alcove that you got to stand in. The little green lightning thing. Yeah, yeah. the green lightning thing. It's all there. Uh Don't do you have a, do you have a green lightning thing? No. 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 Are you no? Are you sure? I guess I should look into you, getting one maybe. Should, I was going to say you should go double check and make sure you're sure. And since you were <laughs> since you were in there Jess, we have a uh, Starfleet towels in there now. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. <laughs> It's funny as my wife buys all this stuff. I don't buy any of it. It all comes back to CJ's bathroom. I know. I don't know why this show is going to start and end with my bathroom. Okay, hold on. I have. I have. Since we're since we're on uh, bathroom here, uh, oh. I, I have an amusing. I have. Hold on. This is only slightly bathroom related. Is it from GP Miami? Uh, Do you want to tell that story? I, I will tell that story. Yes, I'll tell that story okay. right now. Okay. This is this is a little. Whew, attitude and maturity. <laughs> um, so this is this is this, oh boy. Okay, so the week before GP Miami was GP Vegas. This was the event that I made L three at GP Vegas. You're L three. The week after at Vegas, yeah. What? I know we haven't talked about it in the show. Anyway, <laughs> so there is uh over on the side event side of the event hall the men's restroom. The door is open, and the first, I think, three urinals are visible from the event floor. 
Okay, that means anybody that goes and uses this restroom, if you are in the first three urinals, about half the hall can see you. <laughs> so I go, and I stop at one of the urinals, and I'm going, and I realize this mid-go. I look out the door, and I see CJ, and I just stare at him the whole time, just <laughs> daring him to make eye contact with me out on the floor, and he's... He's not looking. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I didn't notice. That's probably my like, biggest life regret is I did not notice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, the, the bathroom thing. So this was a uh, GP Madrid. Okay. Uh, this was, I want to say, like two, 2012 GP Madrid. Um, uh, I, I was not allowed to tweet this. Um, so obviously, it's Madrid. It's a, it's a Spanish-speaking country. Uh, they printed these signs up to put on tables to reserve them um, for uh, 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 pick on-demand, what are now on-demand events. Um, they printed up about 100 signs and laid them out all over the tables that said, reserved for eight-player public events. But they left the L out of public. Uh. <laughs> So we just had a sea of signs that said eight player pubic events. And because the person who made the sign up English wasn't a, a, a primary language, they didn't get it. They didn't, they didn't catch it until like I'm walking by. It's like, <laughs> and I just kind of start laughing because <laughs> I'm, I'm juvenile that yeah. way. So we, there was this, 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 uh, I don't think I was the first person to realize it. I think they realized it at roughly the same time because they're scrambling to get them all down very, very quickly. <laughs> um, uh, I take a picture of one and then they're just like fussing at me and they're like, delete that picture. And I'm like, okay, I don't delete the picture. No. no. So I, <laughs> yeah. I love, I love that you're like, I can't tweet this on, uh, you know, the magic okay. judges account, but I can talk about it on JudgeCast. Well, yeah. Well, it's also been three years now. Yeah. And 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 I'm not gonna, you know, Magic Judges. That's the official Twitter account. This isn't official. It's Fireside Chats, man. Fireside the, Chats. Fireside I mean, Chats. We talk we're about talking what, about so this is. We're talking about CJ's bathroom. The, the one of the cool things about having a podcast is that we can actually talk about whatever we want to. Yeah. Um, which is like this is one of the rare for we tend to be res- to, to be respectful, try to keep things, you know, judge focused and, and oriented, but like. This is actually our podcast. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about, Brian. All right. Um, we could also so the other night, we could also edit it just for the record. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So, does anyone have any other little stories you want to tell? Or I was thinking we could move into emails. Although, if you have, if these emails inspire a story in you, I'm sure they will. You know, City of Traders. That well, who doesn't that inspire? Hold on. I got. I got. I got one more. I got one more story. Please do. This one's a good one. No, not All like right. these other ones. No, the other they these other ones. They were these other ones were awful. Yeah. So, so I am a relatively new L two. Just the warm up stories. Yeah. Okay, I am I am judge manager for GP Orlando. Uh, the head judge is Ricardo Tessitori. Um, I had been exchanging uh, communication and emails with him regarding uh, the staff. Um, uh, and we've been talking, but I'd never actually met him. Uh, so one night, uh, I get a phone call at like 1 a.m. in the morning. Phone says unknown caller. I pick it up. I answer it. And it's, hello, is this Brian? And I'm like, yes. It's like, this is Ricardo. And I'm like, oh, uh, it's because it woke me up. He's, he's like, you know, did I wake you? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Because I'd heard. 
I'd heard rumors that Ricardo was, you know, you know, big scary L five, you know. So I'm like, oh no, no, and he immediately, but very politely, starts to lay into me for, uh, 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 he's like, it has come to my attention that you accepted all of your, or you gave all of your friends room sponsorships to this event. And I was like, I was like, we were able to give everybody who asked for room sponsorships room sponsorships. So, you know, everybody got it. He's like, uh, you need to understand, you know, that perception is a thing. Um, just like it's 1 a.m. in the morning. I was woken up. I'm not really understanding what's going on. I'm getting fussed at by the the, the level five at the time. Uh, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out, but at the same time, like, I don't really understand what I did wrong. Maybe it's a language thing. I'm trying to get him to explain. He's starting to get kind of angry. And then after several minutes, he just starts laughing and it was not Ricardo Tessitore. It was, uh, my, my now regional coordinator, Justin <laughs> Turn, uh, Ben McDowell and a judge named, uh, Sean Copeland outside a store at FNM just calling to troll me. Hello? Ryan? Right. And then they get Ricardo the next day. Like The real Ricardo comes on IRC and starts fussing at me for the exact same thing. Just as a joke. Like they told him. So he comes in and he just starts fussing at me for the exact same thing. And I'm like, ah, I can't handle it. So does that mean that Turner does a good Italian accent? Or you just he don't a good Ricardo. It was, it was, he doesn't, I get, maybe he doesn't okay Ricardo. I didn't have a baseline to compare it against. And it was 1 a.m. in the morning. I'd just woken up. He probably couldn't have gotten me if it had been like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Like, what's really funny about this is the how you handled it. Like, I don't think I would have would have handled it very well at all at 1 in the morning. I, I would have been like, no, you, you can't just call me up at 1 in the morning and chew me out for these things. And I don't care who you are. <laughs> we, we give an odd, right. like, uh, an odd amount of respect to the judge levels above us. And I, no, I don't it's, know it's why. True. And, 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 uh, I'm, I'm I don't I was actually talking to Brian about this. I think it was Brian the other day, and, and like, I don't really understand that concept. Um, and other people seem to do it. They give judges that are higher levels than them some amount of like respect. And it's, I don't, I don't, I don't. Don't jinx it for the rest of us. I, don't I mean, like that. There's, there's something to be said for you. You respect the work they've done. You respect the experience that they have and the knowledge that they have. And all of these things are awesome. And you should respect it. But you shouldn't just grant somebody respect because they have a title. Well, here, here's the. In my defense, this was relatively new L2, first time I'd ever been judge manager. Yeah. The TO, the TO was not providing me a whole lot of guidance as to what the boundaries of my role was. Uh-huh. Okay. And like where the line between judge manager and, and TO and head judge were. So I had no guidance. So I was just kind of like fumbling through it. And he, you know, someone calls me up and starts yelling. And I'm like, I don't know if I did anything wrong. I'm trying to address your concern, but I don't understand. Yep. And it was just, I was just getting really confused. And then just, I think fart noise was involved. (laughs) And I'm like, that's, that's weird. Yeah. I, I, you probably took that a lot better than I would. Attitude and maturity, man. Yeah. <laughs> after telling this, the P story. Yeah, after telling the P story. This problem's actually sort of interesting because at uh, GP Richmond, I gave a seminar uh, that was titled Unicorns and You um, because I was looking at, you know, how I was addressing people in the judge program. And because I was, uh, uh, I guess I'd been in L2 for six months at that point. Uh, and I noticed that it was really hard for me to, to interact with anyone that was like much higher in level than I was. 
So when I was an L1, uh, then I was, I was, I felt uncomfortable around L3s. And then, you know, once I made L2, I started feeling uncomfortable around L4s. So I, I thought that this was a pervasive problem in the whole program. So I, I gave, I gave my talk on it. It was supposed to be an hour and I, I left room for lots of discussion. And it turns out there wasn't much discussion. So it took about 20 minutes. Oh. Um, but yeah, apparently the thing that some people deal with, uh, or that they, they, they feel this, that they're, it's hard to have effective interactions with people that are of sufficiently high judge level. But yeah, it's not as widespread as I thought it was at the time. I, I, it may just be the judges that I've interacted with recently, but I feel like in in, uh, in the region that I moved into, it's pretty prevalent. Um, well, it's it's because there's there aren't a lot of L3s in the, the region that you're into. The, the density. That's true. So like I I was the the only active L1 in Indiana where I was within you know like two hours. There wasn't an L2 uh up until you know indianapolis which was about an hour and a half away uh and then i moved out to mass and started playing at the same store that uh eric was being played at um so that changed things a lot and then once i started realizing that you know eric was a person uh <laughs> that was a little different but and i went to my first gp and uh shared a room with with dan stevens who was my uh my regional coordinator and that was scary to me because he was this person that i've never met before and i've only heard of and he talked to me on irc once and it was weird but yeah i think if you, if you interact with these people then they become real people but if you never if you never ever see them then they're these these mythical beasts hence why i like called them unicorns and, and i think i think the judges that go to gps are more i'll say used to used to being around uh level threes and level fours yeah certainly uh as as opposed to as opposed to uh, uh ones that don't but yeah, we're we're all pretty accessible. We don't bite, you know, much. Well, un- or- <laughs> unless unless people mess up, then then you might bite. No, not even not. <laughs> you gotta simple. you gotta not mess up pretty bad for <laughs> for me or Brian to bite you as L threes. And I've never, you know, I've I've seen people getting bitten by higher level judges, so to speak, metaphorically, but uh, never physically, never, never physically. physically. Well, not by any of the fours or fives. Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, no, but like, but like, yeah, you have to screw up really bad. It's not just like making a tiny mistake or even just a basic rules mistake or getting something wrong that will get that to happen. Like you'd have to screw up really, really bad. And it doesn't happen frequently. You would almost have to try. And I know that one of the reasons I was so concerned is because, you know, I, I had these a limited number of these interactions that I could have with these higher level judges. So I put right. a lot of pressure on myself to, you know, you know, be really awesome. And then, yeah. You know, ruin my event when I mess up a ruling. Do you want me to tell you the secret about that? And this is, you probably know this now, but yeah, I I figured out a bit, but go ahead. Uh, the, the, the secret here is like what, as a level three judge and as a level two judge who did a lot of events, um, there would be people that would come up to me and sometimes have that same mentality, especially because I worked for, for Channel Fireball and whatever, Judge Cast and blah, 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 all the stuff that they had built me up in their head to be this person that I'm not. And the truth of the matter is that most of the time they build, build up all that stuff. And I will remember who they are and that we met, but I won't remember what we even talked about. I won't remember the interaction that we had. And that's not because, unless it was really, really good, right? Like, and that's not because it's there, you know, I'm not trying to put stock into that. It's just I have enough interactions with people that unless you do something that really, really sticks out, I'll remember, oh yeah, that was a decent person, but I won't remember exactly what we talked about. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. See, you know, I'm I'm the exact opposite, and I will have a hard time remembering your name, 
but I will remember exactly what we talked about, and even if it was even if it was completely trivial. No, and this of that, I won't remember your name or what we talked about. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. It's funny. It's funny actually when Brian and I talk about people who invented events because we'll be like, he'll be like, hey, do you remember this guy with you know whatever the name was? And I'll be like, I I I, I don't know. And he'll be like, well, it was the guy that did this thing. I'll be like, oh yeah. Um, and vice versa. So, like, remembering, yeah. I remember a general interaction with somebody. I don't remember the specifics. Yeah, I remember. I remember specific interactions, but I am awful with names. Yeah, I think uh, I made my example backwards, but you understood what I meant. Yes. Well, so it's a good thing that lots of us have name tags then. Yeah. Oh. Oh man. First... So GP. <laughs> oh man. So GP Richmond, they had name tags, and I made name tags for GP Phoenix. And making name tags for GP Phoenix was the best thing I ever did as a judge. Was to make name tags for every judge at GP Phoenix. I never had to worry about like seeing someone and not remembering what their name was. Yeah, I hate that because I'm always wearing my name tag. I always have it. And there are so many judges that like just don't have one. So then they always know my name and I am terrible at remembering names. So I feel like a jerk. The uh, the, the first GP I went to, uh, uh, it was a GP Atlanta uh, Friday night. There's like uh, like a judge dinner thing and I'm meeting I'm meeting all these people and they're all wearing like normal clothes. So like I'm able to be like, oh, you know, this guy, Dan, is the guy in the gray shirt and, and mm-hmm. you know. You know, I'm getting all that. And then the very next day when we all report to work and everyone's wearing black, I was like, I don't know who anyone is anymore. Yeah. Because everybody looks alike. <sighs> Except, well, I was able to put out Tasha. I was <laughs> good one. It's like, oh, good job. Yeah. Yeah. And Ricky, I guess. It's like, <laughs> you're not painting yourself in a good light right now. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> no. I love not it. at all. Oh, they're like, oh, it's that judge. You know, the judge with glasses or something. It's like, well, no, okay. it was, it was basically it was basically uh uh the the i'll say the female judges i was able to remember them simply simply because they they didn't look like all the other white males in black shirts sorry all you white people look alike to me yeah <laughs> same here this is why i have giant holes in my ears so i'm recognizable yeah that's true is... i do remember joe when i see him <laughs> yeah i mean there's like oh yeah that's joe <laughs> all right let's let's do some emails huh huh all right. well, we haven't done them in like three episodes, so maybe okay. maybe we should do some emails. All right, we're gonna put these in the in the chat window so that Joe can read them. I already did, buddy. Oh, oh, look at you! All right, our first email comes from Andrew Zachow. Um, first off, he loves us, etc. etc. And he says he has a question. Um, he had a question about the the uh, the old Car- what we call Karoo lands from uh, Ravnica. So something- I, I have never heard Karoo land before. Oh, really? Seriously? That's all. Yeah, why are they why are they called that? Or about because of Karoo. Yeah, there's a land called Karoo that does this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think you get one in a white from it. Uh, yes. All right. Cool. Yeah. Sorry. That was that I, was the I, first I, kind of bounce land. I, I've been wanting to ask about that ever since I saw this. Why are they called Karoo lands? I didn't yeah. Know. So it's those old bounce lands. So that when they come into play, uh, enter the battlefield. Excuse me. Uh, you have to return a land you control to its owner's hand. So it's a question about those. And then another card called City of Traders, which reads in part. When you play another land, sacrifice City of Traders. So his question is: Are you able to uh, play a uh, play a bounce land in such a way where you could just return the City of Traders instead of having to sacrifice it? Sure. So, so I, how? I'd like to just point out that the last time I was on this show, I answered one one question and I got it very wrong. So that was fun. <laughs> so you're gonna re- you're gonna redeem yourself? I hope. Uh, so so yes. Yeah, so, both- so this episode, you're answering five questions though. So let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so yeah, City Trader has has a triggered ability, uh, and let's look at uh, Gruelter, 
which is uh, another crew land. Uh, and it says, when Gruel Turf enters the battlefield, uh, return a land you control to its owner's hand. So you have two triggers that you can put on the stack, and they, you know, resolve in the opposite order in which you put them on. So if you resolve the, the Gruel Turf trigger first, um, you can return a land you control. So you control the City of Traders at this point. And then the, the trigger from the City of Traders is going to resolve, and it's going to say, all right, I'm going to sacrifice myself. Uh, but I don't know where I am. So then it just doesn't do anything. Then you're done. Seems like an awesome card combination to me. Sure does. The silence was a little bad after that. I didn't like that part. <laughs> there was no silence. I don't know what you're talking about. Nobody oh, will thing. ever hear silence. You're going to edit out? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, like that, it's like that moment where you, you like respond to someone's Facebook comment, but they delete the comment you replied to. <laughs> and you, oh. just, you just look random, like you're randomly stating things that have no relevance. <laughs> Oh, well, it, it used to be that you could, you know, edit your comments or whatever, but it wouldn't sh- always show you the edit history. Yeah. Uh, so you could do mean things to people. <laughs> and like they, they answer yeah. a question, but you ask a, a, a different question where the, the context makes their answer different. Or, or you well, say something really... really inflammatory, and then they respond very angrily, and then <laughs> they change it to something that's, you know, benign, and people think... <laughs> but yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's not, great. That's not a story I should tell. Can you can you still do that? No, well, you can, but the it it shows people's edit history. Yeah, it oh. says edited. You click edit and see what they typed before. Oh, but if you go so back fun. to like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, you're good. Do you ever get a time oh. machine? You could pull this prank off. Yep. Well, if I had a time machine, I'm going back and buying some like black lotuses and apple stock. Yeah, I was gonna say you could probably skip over the black lotuses. There's probably better things to get. Yeah, it's, we're writing an episode of Back to the Future here. <laughs> All right, next email comes from TC. Uh, his question is, oh, so he listened to our Commander episode. That's episode number 105, but he still had a question. Uh, he asks, let's say Brian, CJ, and I, oh, sorry, Jess, are playing Commander. <laughs> CJ, this, had, hey, this is a guy who listens to the show. That's what this is. I'm not playing Commander. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good point. Uh, let's say Brian, CJ, and I are playing Commander. CJ attacked Brian two times with his Commander, Sliver Queen. I active treason CJ, Sliver Queen, and attack Brian again. Brian has taken a total of 21 damage from the same commander, but I don't believe he loses the game. Is this right? I don't want to say. <laughs> I don't want to answer this question. So I, actually, was, I, so I say I'm still alive. I I'm actually alive. know the answer to this question. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, even though I don't play commander, because I'm pretty sure the, the rule, if I remember correctly, and CJ probably already knows this, but uh, if I remember correctly, it's a player that's been dealt 21 damage or more by the same commander. Right. Yes. It's no, not. It's no. I'm still alive. <laughs> it's uh. It's not by a commander controlled by a single player or the commander of a single player. Like it's just the same commander. Yeah. Um. And it doesn't. It's still your commander, even if somebody else controls it. So I'm gonna say yes. You're 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 dead, Brian. And Brian is dead. So that means I gotta sit out for like the next half hour. Don't while, worry about uh, it. I do it all the time. Well, well, CJ <laughs> and and uh, TC and Terrence here finish. Yes. Yeah, you do. Say Terrence. Yeah, he read he read the guy's real name where I've been trying to use the name that he signed it with. But whatever. Thanks, oh. Brian. <laughs> oh. Story episode. <laughs> it's fireside chats. Fireside chats, man. Does anybody actually have a fire going on? Is that a thing? No, I'm in my yeah, office. Okay. No. Oh, yeah. I, it's it's still the fire from last episode where we were singing. We start the fire. The fire. And yep. It was always burning since the world's been yes. turning. All right. <laughs> it was in the post show or the pre show. It got in. Oh, it was it was while we were recording. Seacat had to go somewhere. But obviously, I edited that out. Oh, you did. Obviously, I didn't leave him going somewhere. <laughs> oh, in the podcast. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, but I kept okay. the singing and put it at the end of the show. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> anyway, um, geez, what do you think I do? Yeah, well, do you think I, I just put it back out there? But that's what you say you do. You say you run it through the little thing that remove all the silence I and then ed- post it. I do edit the. He, he does some editing. I he do does some editing. Yeah, he he records the times and yeah. edits the thing. Yeah, it re- removes his mis. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. All right. All right. Next one from Martin. Martin Lachance. He says, "Hello, Judge Cast South. Uh, I would like to know." Oh, how- <laughs> fighting words. <laughs> I would. Uh, by the way, we're not Judge Cast South because that implies there could be other Judge Casts. Yeah, and we, there can we never are Judge be Cast. There is no other Judge Cast. There could never be another Judge Cast. Well, there, no. there could. There, there could, could never. All right, fine. I was gonna say maybe someday we'll do like an offshoot show. You we'll, know, we'll, we'll each start go our separate ways. Yeah, we'll do three separate podcasts. Each of us will be on one of them. The Judge Cast solo projects. Um, like yeah, it could be it could be anything, anything at all. Um, anyway, I'm sorry I interrupted the. Did I actually read the question or did no? You just okay. said hello, Judge Cast South. <laughs> uh, I would like to know how reflecting pool works with lands like tainted wood. So let me read these reflecting pool. Add to your mana pool one mana of any type that a land you control could produce. And Tainted Wood reads, um, add black or green to your mana pool. Play this ability only if you control Swamp. This is a really good question. I like this question a lot. Um, So do you mind if I jump in and answer this? Don't mind at all. All right. So the way uh, Reflecting Pool works, and it's, it's, uh, what's the other card that works like it? Um, Except it's your opponent's lands. Uh, uh, Orchard. Forgotten Orchard. Uh, Forbidden forbidden Orchard. Forbidden Orchard. Yeah, anyway. Um, It's a pretty cool looking card. Looks like it's from Mirrodin, but it's not. Um... So the way Reflecting Pool's ability works is it wants to know um, if a land has an ability that could produce mana if it resolved right now. And if it resolved right now, what kind of mana would it produce? And it doesn't, Could it produce? Right, yeah, what kind of mana could it produce? But it doesn't care if um, uh, if you can activate the ability or not. Uh, it only cares all what kind of mana it could produce. So in this case, Tainted Wood says activate this ability only if you control a swamp. Uh, well, that's nice. You can't activate the ability, but if that ability did resolve right now, it could produce green or black. So the reflecting pool could currently produce green or black. Yeah. Now there, there is what's the what's the blue black land from uh, River of Tears? I think River of Tears from you know what I'm talking about from Future. Yeah, Sight. the one the one okay. that they are never going to actually make a cycle of. Um, yeah. So, so that one, the way that one works is it produces blue mana unless you have played a land this turn, in which case it produces black mana. Right. So in that particular case, uh, our reflecting pool will actually would actually care whether or not uh, you've played, uh, played a land or not. Yeah, uh, because River of Tears. Because what happens is you still look at replacement effects um, to determine whether what kind of what kind of colored land uh, colored mana the land could produce. Mm-hmm. And then another interesting point. This is the last thing I think I'll say about reflecting pool is uh, with something like Cavern of Souls. Um, you could still produce any color of mana, and it does not have the weird restriction on creatures. So Cavern of Souls creates a colored mana that you can spend on creatures. Uh, uh, specifically on the type. Yes. Uh, on a creature type spell. But uh, you could make, if you have just a Cavern of Souls naming, I don't know, penguins, uh, and you have a reflecting pool, you can create any color mana with your reflecting pool. And it does not have a weird restriction on it. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to our next email from Calvin. From London, Ontario. What? Okay. Apparently, there's a London in Ontario. Yeah, apparently. As, nope. As, as it turns out, it's actually kind of a big place. So you'd probably just upset a whole bunch of Canadians right now. London, <laughs> Ontario is? Wait, wait, hold on. Upsetting Canadians is what we do on this show. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Pretty much. 
Uh, he says, hello, I love the show with its great content and hilarious tangents. Oh, you're, I love this episode. Uh, he says, I'm still trying to figure out how to make the Tuck Tucks my ringtone. He's referring to... Well, that's easy. Should we have a, a, a how-to episode on... I think we can email him uh, no. about that. I could go get it, but he can figure it out. So he says he's a long-time listener, second-time emailer, and he's wondering about this scenario. Okay. Athena controls a spiny starfish, and I'm not going to read all yes. the spiny starfish, but spiny starfish uh, is a fantastic card. It used to be the only starfish, um, and it has regenerate, and it has um, it has an ability that cares about whether or not it regenerated that turn. And then it's in, it's enchanted with indestructibility, which shockingly gives the enchanted permanent indestructible. And Niobe attempts to destroy the starfish using murder. Athena activates Spiny Starfish's regeneration ability in response. And does the fact that Spiny Starfish have indestructible, has indestructible, stop it from regenerating? And what are the effects of this? Does Spiny Starfish's uh, ability trigger at the end of the turn? Did it regenerate, basically? Um, so for for this one... Uh, don't mess I, up. Don't mess up. Oh, no, I will. Don't worry. Don't mess up. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think they're there's they're trying to, to confuse you know maybe sometimes you have a couple replacement effects that apply here um, but that's that's not the case with with this one and indestructible says you can't be destroyed ah uh, oh now I feel bad um, so in, in, it's not saying instead of destroying it don't it's just saying it can't be destroyed right Whereas regenerate is a replacement effect that says you know when something's destroyed instead you know remove it from combat and tap it um, so since this thing it can't be regenerated because it can't be destroyed uh, then that that trigger that Triggers at the beginning of each end step won't trigger. So the murder does nothing. Yeah. Yep. You don't get your zero one blue starfish creature token. You do not. Unfortunate. No. I, Why did it take them so long to make a starfish? Another one? Another starfish, I, I don't know, but another... I'm looking at this art, and this art is awesome. That this is the art most is so monstrous cool. starfish I have ever even imagined. We, we've talked like, about spiny starfish before on the show. I know we have. And I know I've read the text, but I've never actually looked at the art. Oh, and yeah. It has, so, like, it has like little hands. And it looks like it's throwing the other starfish. Yeah. yeah. Throwing a little it's like star- a ninja starfish. <laughs> so many, many, many years ago, I go home for, for Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. And my mom tells me that there's a box of magic cards up in my closet that I might want to get. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go a box of magic cards. What, what have I forgotten about? And I go up there to, to get the box and it is an opened box of alliances. Oh boy. And I am like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and, and so I immediately pick it up and I start looking, flipping through like, like the cards. And apparently I'd already sorted through the cards and pulled like all the good ones and put them on uh, up front uh, because like the first card that you see is uh, the Balduvian hordes that uh, that five five for four that you have to discard a card at random because this is like 95 right oh yeah that's a great card storm cauldron there's you know there's two force of wills but sure enough there were five spiny starfishes nice. that's the real in the, yes in the good pile and so apparently I at one point I thought that this was a good card it is worth e- easily on par with Balduvian hordes and force of wills you know one for three that, that makes other ones yeah so, Dude. Uh, this this reminds me of so I, I also played uh, between uh, revised and homelands uh, when I was no longer 13 I stopped playing uh, 
and I opened a whole bunch of packs of Ice Age, and one of the packs they opened had this this massive creature in it uh, as a, a polar kraken. So it's an 11-11. Oh. Uh, it has a cumulative upkeep that's pretty bad, um, which is Sackaland. Uh, so you know, first 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 upkeep. It doesn't have haste or anything. Um, so the first time it, it it oh, and it comes into play tapped. I didn't even realize that. Um, so yeah, this this creature is horrible, but it was an 11-11, so it's great. Uh, and I I started collecting them when I was when I was younger, and then you know lost lost my all my cards because. I don't know what happened to them. That was a long time ago. Um, but then recently when I started playing again, uh, I, I got into this trend of, you know, collecting cards that people do. Everyone has their favorite card. Um, like uh, Sean Doherty has his, his floral spasms because it's it's the only sentient card in Magic uh, or sentient creature, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, so now I own over 600 Polar Krakens. Wow. It's, nice. I probably have more than anybody else in the world. And I, I have wager you do. <laughs> I have like 50 of them in German. I actually ordered them from Germany. That is crazy. I love uh, it. I have a similar story actually, because um, when I was a kid, uh, I was I was at a card shop. I don't even remember where, and some guy came in and he was trading everyone for their atogs. And he said he was wallpapering his room in atogs, and that's why he wanted them. And so he'd make good trades. So what I did was I went, you know, on the internet, the brand new internet, um, and I bought. Uh, probably through eBay, just a bunch of atogs. I think I had like thirty or forty atogs, and uh, I never saw that guy again. <laughs> 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 I just had all these atogs. I was like, crap. But I did start collecting, not not collecting as in getting as many as I could, but I get one of every atog. I did start doing that after that. So <laughs> I'm looking at this Polar Kraken, and it's an 11-11, and the flavor text talks about how it's big, really, Uh-oh. really big. No, Uh-oh. no, bigger than that. It was big. Uh-oh. What but is... it doesn't look bigger than Colossal Whale to me. So I don't know if you're aware, but uh, Colossal Whale was printed uh, a couple years after this card was. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they, they, so this it's kind of here's some Polar Kraken trivia. This is uh, Polar Kraken is one of the earrings on the BFM. Yeah, <laughs> was it really cool it trivia? Yes, that's yeah. awesome. Yes, and you know what? Colossal Whale bigger than BFM. Uh, actually, I'm not convinced of that. I, I did the... So you look at Polar Kraken, I mean, that's really big compared to those polar bears, right? And and so, like, I'm pretty sure BFF is actually bigger than Colossal Whale. I I Uh, think so, if he has Polar Krakens as... No, but look at look at the size of Polar Kraken compared to the size of his head. Like Polar Kraken's kind of bent over a little bit. If you were to straighten Polar Kraken up, he'd be almost about the size of uh, like one and a half Polar Krakens would be about BFM's head. So now we need to do like a head to body uh, uh, ratio, right? Which is going to be kind of hard. On that. <laughs> yeah, let us know how it turns out. I'm gonna get on. I'm gonna get on this, man. But I say Colossal Whale is out out BFM's BFM's because I guess he's a big monster. We know Polar Kraken size in relation to a polar bear, so we could yep. use that. Yeah, and <laughs> we know a polar bear size in relation to a human being, and we know how big a ship is in relation to a human being. Wait, well, no, no, no. We we already figured out. We already figured out the colossal whale is about three miles long. <laughs> what? Three <laughs> when? miles? When, when did, did we, we figure, figure that, that out? Oh, so what I did was, um, <laughs> so I used, so okay, so I used. Um, a blue whale's proportions and I was like, all right, so this is how big a ship is. And I looked up online, Google's wonderful as to how long a blue whale is and how big a blue whale's eye was. And then I kind of compared the, the proportion of the eye of Colossal Whale to the, to the pirate ship and a little, little bit of guesswork and came up with a ratio <laughs> and then applied that ratio to a blue whale 
and I got approximately three miles long. <laughs> well, I think I think it was I think it was it was it was like a hundred feet under three miles. You know what? So maybe um, <laughs> so BFM. I'm saying BFM smaller. There's got to be Colossal. so many people who listen are like, I can't believe they're talking about Colossal Whale again. Yeah. I, like they must be so annoyed. So no, I mean, I'm looking at the art of Colossal Whale, like that little tiny ship. What if it is just a little tiny ship? What if that's, it's like that's what I was about to like ask. a toy ship? Yeah, it's off to the right of the regular ship. Then the, then the whale's not so big. Maybe that's like the Beeble Beeble ship that just goes alongside. But this is the, the Segovian pirate ship. Is that <laughs> yeah. what this is? Maybe. The borrowers got into a pirate ship. No, 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 no. That's that is a full on. That is a black pearl pirate ship right there. Oh, no, I'm not convinced. It's it's basically you look at you look at the ship in the foreground and you say it's one of them. Maybe shrink has been cast on it. <laughs> well, if shrink has been cast on it, when shrink wears off, it's even. Oh, you're talking about the ship. Yeah, the ship. It's a pirate yeah. ship. Oh, I was like, I was like the whale. If he's cast on the whale. He'd be even bigger. Huh. Hmm. Nah, I don't buy it. I say I say that it's the same type of ship that's in the foreground, because why would you do that? Well, I'll tell you what, if Adam Paquette, or have pronounced that, is ever at a Jeez. GP, I'm so going to that now. <laughs> Please explain and this. All right. I, have a, I have a feeling I'm going to go on Tumblr and ask some questions. Okay. Of, uh, of uh, who's the, the flavor guy on Tumblr? Oh, uh, Doug Byer. Doug Byer, yes. He's going to have to settle this. Yes, he needs to. All right, well, I think that's enough for emails. <laughs> For now, um, yeah, I guess that means that's the, the episode. It's it's weird when we don't have a topic. We we lose all our flow. So, Joe, yeah, did you have anything you wanted to plug or anything like that? This is this is your time. Oh, it's your time up here. So, so I found out about 15 minutes before the show started that I was going to be on the show. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, always <laughs> plan far ahead. Planning is our strong suit here at Judge Cast. So, I mean, I, I guess the the only thing that I would plug is I think the same thing I plugged last time is, you know, we have a, a, a local game store here called Worlds Apart Games, which is a was the first and may still be the only uh, cooperative game store in at least the U.S. I'm not sure how big the, the superlatives go. Um, but yeah, it's a whole bunch of like crunchy hippies. We like playing magic. So if you live in, in, in Amherst or near Amherst, Mass, you should come visit us. It's fun. I only play magic at places where people don't have their natural hair color anymore. I don't. What? If, if anyone in there has their natural hair color, I'm not playing there. If I, yeah. By cooperative game store, you don't mean a store where you only play cooperative games. <laughs> you mean it is, owned, it is owned by a cooperation oh, of people, right? That, that would be awesome. No, no, no. Like everyone there is a volunteer. Uh, we actually get paid in hedons, which are units of happiness. Uh, we use them to buy candy. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you understand that means you are being paid in candy? <laughs> no, no, no. We're being paid in hedons. <laughs> I just said that. <laughs> and what can and just just out of curiosity, hedons can only be exchanged. Like when you talk about money being exchanged for goods and services, the only goods or service that you can exchange hedons for is candy. Oh no no no, there, 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 there's other goods. Hold on, I can actually look this up. Uh, so you you can you can trade in some number of hedons for uh for commons and uncommons. Um, let's see, you can you can buy memberships with your hedons. Uh, to what? Huh? I I am seriously questioning the legality of this model, sir. Well, I mean, so pay is a weird term. Um, let's see. You, you can also, you, if you spend 50 hedons, so 50 units of happiness, uh, you get a 10% additional discount on your next order or purchase, whatever. Wouldn't you want to keep all the happiness you could get? Yeah. No. So, so like right right now, I have I have more happiness than I know what to do with, which is a weird thing for me to say. Can happiness <laughs> buy money? 
I, uh, huh? Can happiness buy money? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, wow. It can never be money. Um, so I, money buys happiness. Oh. Right now, I, have, I have slightly over 220 units of happiness. Um, so, yeah. To, can you spend money to buy more units of happiness? No, that would be weird. <laughs> can you buy a heat on cat crab? <laughs> well, I mean, if you can't spell, then probably. What about uh, a heat on matrix? Yeah, you can't buy money with the units of happiness because money can't buy happiness. Uh, yeah, see, that's, uh, that's one of the ancillary benefits. What about uh, heat on field purists? But we also have like a... a, a, a <laughs> Joe Hito, no time for Minecraft. No, I'm, can you buy... Can you buy <laughs> We're a, not letting you get through this. At that vacation in, I think it's the Bahamas, where you can drink all you want and like everyone runs around naked. What? What? <laughs> heat Oh, that's heatonism. Oh. oh, there you go. Oh well, you make it makes sense. It's from the same same root word. Oh, that's why it's called a heat on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because it's because. So do you run around naked, Joe? Um. Can I tell more stories? Say no. You can say no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so one other thing that I wanted to add about this store uh, is that you know we have we have a lot of judges. Uh, we have I think fourteen or fifteen levels of judge that that run stuff in the store, which is pretty fun. Wow! Um, it just lends to the hippie vibe that we have up here. So come to Western Mass. Okay, I will. No, you won't. Oh, okay. CG doesn't leave Atlanta. <laughs> no, I, I worked at GP with him once. Yeah, the one time. <laughs> once was it Salt Lake City? Yes, it was. Yeah, you went far. Yes, I did. <laughs> Never again. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, guys. I guess we're done. You, you, anyone have anything else they want to add? Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas uh, to yeah. all. Happy holidays. All good night or whatever. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Oh, wait. You can contact us at judgecast at gmail.com, Twitter, Facebook. You guys know. Yeah. Christmas. If this is your first episode, we're sorry. sorry. There are other great episodes. Go. Thanks for sticking with us this long, yeah. though. Uh, yeah, my name is Cedar Trader. I keep it fair. I'm Jess Dunks. I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prilliman, and Goonies never say die. After. Uh, by the way, let me just say. When we dedicate a show, oh geez, this is some weird stuff. When we dedicate a show to just talk about whatever we want, we apparently get really weird after the show because we already talked about the other stuff. Yeah.